where you can read these picks each week is coveringthespread.ca. That was the first ever successful segue of Buffalo Bills banter. Write it down. Welcome to episode 14 of Buffalo Bills Banter. I'm starting to kind of lose count. Um, with you always is your host, Mark Sanyus, myself, and David. How you doing? Doing great. Good to hear. So we're here to cover, you know, as always, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, this is Thanksgiving Monday for Canadians, and it's also a holiday for Americans. Columbus Day. Columbus Day. I don't know what that means, but... Uh, <laughs> I think it's to celebrate the day Columbus came to America. I would have to guess. Makes sense. Well, regardless, a uh, happy day off for everyone. And uh, we're kind of happy that the Bills, you know, had a nice win yesterday. It was kind of an ugly game. Uh, I, unfortunately, was kind of working at the uh, during the beginning of it. But I was able to catch much of it um, on my phone streaming. And I saw the entire first half, the electric first half. Exactly. What was the score after that? Was it 3 nothing? Something like, yeah, 3 nothing. Yeah, so it was kind of a... Not quite a barn burner, but uh, we'll cover that game in a little bit more depth. Not much for news, uh, maybe just some general thoughts to cover, and then we'll kind of go forward looking to next week, a big matchup against an undefeated team. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. The bills make me want to kick your heels up and shout. throw your hands up and shout. throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the bills are making it happen now. And we're back. So, David. Kind of just your initial thoughts, as always. What did you think of uh, this big win against the Titans? All right, so I said that. So I said last that week that this is going to be. A, I was. I thought the Titans actually were going to win because it was. A, they were coming off a bye, where the home team coming off a bye has a really good uh, history. So home field advantage, home field advantage coming off a bye, as well as the fact they actually played well in their last two games and ended up losing. Um, it was against the the, the Browns and the, uh, the the Colts, I believe. And they actually dominated the Colts and ended up losing. So, you know, they played well. And they, and they won their first game by a, by a landslide. So I thought, actually, this was going to be tough. And it looked like it was. Titans defense played exceptionally well, especially their pass defense. Tyrod Taylor couldn't get anything done in the air. And they couldn't, like, Marcus Mariota came as advertised at, like, as a very good ball control uh, clock manager, game manager, if you will. And it looked like they were going to honestly pull out the perfect formula just to win just to narrow out a win because their offense wasn't that good they couldn't really score on the bills defense i mean that was one thing but the bills prove uh, they they proved really versatile this is a win that kind of like good teams will win and bad teams won't and the bills actually were able to get the w well after each week we've kind of been um preaching that it seems like the bills have a formula where once they get out ahead they can look really good they can kind of control the game but they haven't shown that they have, um, aside from, you know, flashes in the Pats game kind of in junk time, that they can really, you know, come back. And in this case, they were down 13 points. And they were able to uh, score the last 14 points of the game to narrowly beat the Titans 14-13. to 13. Um, The only reason is because Tyrod Taylor was able to scramble. That was the only reason. Yeah, I was actually just about to give you a stat line. Uh, through the air, 10 for 17 for 109 yards and a touchdown. Uh, which was a nice touchdown. It was on the second drive. The second of the touchdowns when he threw deep to Hogan, yep. just short of the end zone, and then uh, came to him, I think, on the very next play. Uh, but through, on the ground, 76 yards, and an impressive 76 yards. Like he, um, Some big, timely runs, including a 22-yard 22 22 scramble for a touchdown. Yeah, but plus like a 23-yard gain plus the 20, A 26-yard gain. 26-yard yeah. gain plus the thing. So a bulk of it came, of the 76 yards came on three kind of... And... 
one reception for three yards. Oh yes, that play was that was funny. There was a was it? I think it was Hogan. Hogan yeah. So actually, that must have been the play before going to Hogan to actually score. I'm actually curious if that is the first time that it was back to back. Was like receiver sorry like back to back like the guy who threw it to the next guy and then the next and the next time they reversed it i'm very curious that probably is yeah that would be a kind of a useless stat but uh very much could be so i mean that was kind of an interesting play it's like nice to see kind of uh for those who don't know there was essentially a play set up that uh ty rogers was again to the end zone with the reception which uh ended up getting four yards like it wasn't a, a wasted play they definitely got closer to the end zone um kind of a lot of a lot for nothing but yeah, I mean, the thing else that uh, stood out was this was the defensive game like that we haven't had all year, really, aside from maybe week one. Like this is a team that's supposed to hold opposing teams to under you know twenty points and win with you know a low score. So this is kind of what I expected two months ago coming into the season, and now we're kind of seeing seeing it now. The only other thing that really stood out was a good closing of the game, kind of that uh, final play. We were able to get pressure when needed. Uh, a near sack on Mariota when he threw that pick um, that Stefan Gilmore covered. So I, I don't know if there's really too much in terms of penalties. You kind of watched a little bit more attentively, that, especially that first half. What did you think? Did we make strides against uh, towards a cleaner game, a less uh, more yep. disciplined? More disciplined, but still a few penalties here and there. But it wasn't as bad as the Giants game. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, on the very first play, the kickoff, we actually recovered it within their five-yard line, but we were offside. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a bit of a, a freak one, but uh, very much a situation where penalties could have hurt us. I could have got us out to a very early lead. And before moving on, once again, we didn't have uh, LaShawn McCoy. Uh, unfortunately, Carlos Williams had a bit of a setback and wasn't playing either uh, with his concussion um, syndrome or concussion symptoms, rather. And Sammy Watkins was out again with the hamstring. So, what did you think of the performance of? Booby Dixon. Nah. Meh. Like, he wasn't great, to be honest. He was, Yeah, he, he didn't look great. We also signed, um, actually, our leading um, rusher in terms of number of attempts was Boom Heron. I think it's mm-hmm. Daniel Heron might be the first name. He was kind of, we picked him up this week just post, um, I think maybe by the time we had the podcast up, but it was signed. Uh, he beat out Trent Richardson for kind yeah. of that job. Um, so I think we need those injuries back. I wish we had a bye week, but we don't. Yeah. And it's the, it's the opposite of a bye week. Exactly. We're coming in to next week playing the Cincinnati Bengals. So they're a good team. They're a good team. We're going to uh, take a quick break and be right back. Shout it right now, baby. Come on, come on. Come on and shout. Yeah. And we're back. So, next week, we are looking at a home game. Yeah. Uh, you know, our fourth of home games so far this year. Quick uh, few games up front. We aren't quite the home monster we were expected to be. We've only won the first one. Uh, we dropped a couple at home. Uh, granted, against good opponents, but this is no different. We're playing the Cincinnati Bengals, one of the 5-0 and teams that are or undefeated teams still in the league. What are your thoughts? What key matchups should Bills fans be looking for to potentially win this game? Be like of the of all two, the six games we played, four of them are now first place. Because well, I'm, ca- I'm counting the Bengals game. Um, so yeah, the Bengals are five and zero. It's pick it's pick them in Vegas. So that's like it's implying that the Bengals are better because the Bengals are uh, are on the road. 
Um, I so obviously... wait, I pick them at you're saying that Bills are a three point favorite? No, it's a pick them. So the bet, the bet, it's, it's whoever. So you just pick who wins. That with the three point favorite. So the rule is, home team is worth three points. Uh, they're implying that the Bengals are. Okay. Better than the Bills. Okay, so they're so saying the it's literally a pick 'em. It's, yeah. it's so it's actually okay. I got you. Yeah. Um. So the thing is, like, it all depends. A lot of it will depend on like who comes back because uh, we do need. I, I don't want Booby Dixon to be our number one running back against the Bengals. Not at all. Yeah. Or and also like Sammy Watkins, like the receivers, like Brian Hogan's actually played well, but you know I'd rather have Sammy Watkins plus Brian Hogan plus Percy Harvin, who by the way, like the passing offense has to do a lot better than they did. Um, Tyler Taylor has to be a better quarterback. Basically, he got 40 of those yards on like one drive. Essentially, it was 109. You can't, you can't, you're not, you're not going to beat the Bengals with 109 passing yards. Now the Bengals, at one time, were kind of your a defensive-minded team not too long ago. Like they're, they still are. They still, but I mean, it, let me give you some stats just uh, for those who kind of um, haven't been following the Bengals as closely. They just came off a big win, an overtime win. They were down by 17 points, rallied in the fourth quarter against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, granted, it was at home, but they are fourth in points per game at 29.6, second in total yards per game with over 400, passing yards fifth with just under 300 yards a game, and with rush yards, they're 10th, uh, ranking 124 yards per game. So offensively, they are at top five in every single category except for rush yards. They have a balance. They can beat you in a lot of ways. They... Had the you know highly touted running back Jeremy Hill, who's kind of losing his job to the you know third down back Giovanni Bernard, but you know they're kind of a timeshare, and they've both shown glimpses that uh, this is a powerful run game. They've always had a good offensive line, and they have AJ Green, who's had a couple yeah. monster games, and, and they also have Mohamed Sanu and uh, the other guy Marvin um, Jones. Marvin Jones, who like they, those two explode like every once in a while, like boomer bust fancy players, but they're two good receivers. They have a great receiving core. The Giants were playing Dwayne Harris as their first receiver after some injuries yesterday. So, you know, having like those three guys. So they have a great passing attack, a great quarterback, um, you know, above, yeah, well above average. And um, their defense is amazing. So this is the bank. It's kind of a mismatch on paper, but the Bills are at home and their defense, their defense can be an equalizer. So if the Bills defense can play up, like it doesn't really matter. Their, their above average quarterback is leading the league in passing yards. I mean, granted, maybe uh, Tom Brady, who's not far behind, uh, less than like 250, has played one last game. But Andy Dalton is... Well, Andy Dalton this year, I think, is like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I think he leads the league in, um, aside from Tom Brady, um, he... Oh, not quite. His passing percentage, though, is quite uh, good. He's uh, 67.5. He's thrown 11 TDs to only two interceptions. Uh, so aside from Aaron Rodgers, he has the most touchdowns. So... He's playing at the highest level he's ever played. So it's a scary team. Like, I was just talking about, uh, I opened a Bet365 account and looking at the futures, and I thought the Bengals before yesterday were 11 1. I'm curious what they are now. But I mean, I like them to potentially, I think, aside from the Patriots, they would be the, the next best team in the AFC. Yeah, I can confidently, well, I confidently think that. Broncos defense has played really, really well. I think they're the most balanced team. Like, they don't have the best offense. That's the Pats. They don't have the best defense. That's the Broncos. But they certainly have a better defense than the Pats, and they have a better offense than the Broncos. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like, I compare them to the Cardinals of the the AFC compared to the NFC Cardinals. But um, similar, you know, well-rounded without very many weaknesses. This is going to be an interesting game. I think the matchups to watch are, can we put pressure on the quarterback? We obviously, uh, they have some very talented offensive linemen, so... 
we have our front seven has a big job ahead of them. And can we cover AJ Green? Ronald Darby's been playing really well. Stefan Gilmore as well. We know that they've typically been playing sides. AJ Green can line up in many different ways. But, you know, Ronald Darby showed early action that he wasn't as good against the big body receivers. And AJ Green, though not the bulkiest, is certainly uh, like a yep. rangy type receiver, right? I think uh, defensively, I'm sorry, I mean, sorry, for offensively, we do need guys to return. I don't think we're going to win this game unless we get LaShawn back, who apparently may be out a few more weeks, but I'd be happy with at least Carlos Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and the, defensively, the Bengals are, I think the Bengals are probably in the top five defense and top five offense. I was like, defensively, no, but I think because they've... Talent evaluations, like the season is like, it's skewed somewhat. I mean, there's only a four game or five games in, okay? So like... Yeah, it's also, exactly, and and talent, um, it's not unheard of that offensive teams or teams that are doing very well who've been out ahead have a little bit weaker defensive stats just because of the the nature of what they give up Mm -hmm. in garbage time. Uh, Cincinnati's 22nd against the pass right now. In, total, in terms of yards allowed and rushing, I believe they're somewhat in that same 16th. So they're in the bottom half pretty much uh, of defense. But All right, but here's the thing. Our quarterback can't exploit their passing defense. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I, it's an unfavorable matchup in general. So it's going to be tough. I'm surprised it's a pick him. I really do think. I thought this for sure that after, especially after the win, the Bengals just had that they were going to be surefire you know, favorites, but well, I mean, uh, it's home, home field advantage. Plus, uh, I don't know. Like, I guess like Dalton still has a reputation. I think it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of surprising to pick them, but I think they're just trying to get more people to pick, but I don't know. Pick them might seem more attractive for like people to pick the Bengals. Like Vegas, just Vegas doesn't necessarily pick like the, how, who they think is going to win or like the, the score they think they're going to win by, they're going to try to pick what will get the most. Exactly. So um, I feel like the bills looking at the lines they've had, they have been getting a lot of action. They've been a trendy team. Um, so maybe this is in response to that, but I thought the Bengals would be now after that win, but then maybe they're trying to force the action. Now that line is it's Monday today of time of recording. So that can change. Um, it will probably end up a little bit different as, especially as these injury reports come out, um, whether we find out the status of LaShawn and Sammy Watkins. So I think ultimately we need to kind of at least keep this competitive and hopefully win because we don't want to lose three home games this early in the season. It's a bad look, right? I also, mean, it shows just underscores how important that win against Tennessee was because then we'd be going, we'd be, if we lost against Tennessee, we'd be two and three and then we put potentially be two and four. Uh, like more more than likely two and four. Instead, now we'd be like more than likely three and three going to Jacksonville, then a bye to go to four and three. Assuming I'm just I'm kind of saying assuming the Bengals win. Let's just assume the Bengals win. It's a good thing we beat Tennessee and didn't yeah. lose to Tennessee. I mean, it would have changed the narrative a lot because the season, exactly. Exactly. If we were at this point two and three, you just look only a year ago. Where were we the same year, or same place last year with Doug Marone, and we were I believe three and two, if I'm not mistaken. So exactly. It's just kind of like. We've said so many things about the defense being better, Rex Ryan, and all this, so we need to kind of see it. And I I think Tennessee um, win is going to be a big point in that season. It really was important. We have not won or lost, for that matter, two consecutive games. It's kind of been this flip flop yeah. back and forth. Uh, if we were to win this, now that would change the narrative a lot. We would show that we can beat uh, elite talent because we mentioned last week our wins have not been against elite. Uh, Miami and 
uh, the Colts, though two highly touted teams two months ago, have proven to be uh, probably bottom half teams of the league. Even even the Colts, I would say. The Colts are the first in the division. Yeah, they're in a pretty weak division, though. But um, and, uh, well, just like offside about the Titans, that Titans game where they were that where in the Titans game on that third and twenty. Where Tyrod Taylor is able to rush for like 26 yards and then get the face mask pe- or the horse collar p- penalty, the the defense made no sense. This is the only the only way that they were getting any yards was that Tyrod Taylor was rushing scrambling. They had not they didn't put a spy. It was deep coverage because it was third and twenty. Like it was it didn't make any sense. Well, yeah, there's a I mean the defensive coordinator was Dick LeBeau, so he's a little bit more of a old fashioned style guy. So I I mean. There's a point where third and twenty, you can't anticipate the the run that much, and the run seemed to be kind of up the gut runs. So it's yeah. they may have had a quarterback contain on a lot, um, but you're right, the spy would have been the answer to that. Uh, but I think, you know, just because there would have been someone there doesn't necessarily mean they would have had the ability to stop Tyrod. I'm sure I saw at least one of his uh, long runs that he kind of did make someone miss um, at the second level. So it would have been a seven or eight yard gain, but because of the move, he was able to turn it to much longer. Larger yeah, game. Had, like in this play, had like like at least fifteen yards of green. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. But on third and twenty-two, you got to You can't assume the guy's going to get twenty-two yards against you. I would argue yeah. that you do need to have people deep back there. If it wasn't so, wait, did he get the first down before the horse collar? Uh, he got like just as he was. Pa- he just got engaged as he passed like the twenty. Like probably just a little couple yards after the first down. Okay, I say he did get it, for, or it, it was right at the point. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can do. Maybe the reason Tyrod wasn't having success through the air was because the way that they were covering deep. And I mean, think about this. Once he did break those runs, what happened? He did open up a, a deep throw. So maybe that was kind of what happened, that the defense did adjust, but adjusted in the wrong way. And Ty- uh, Tyrod Taylor was just, you know, reading the line and doing the opposite. That may be speculative, but it's hard. I mean, that's what Tyrod Taylor gives you is a dual threat. He can beat you in the pocket with deep throws and he can run. So he is kind of a nightmare to defend. So... I mean, but I in wouldn't. In this game, he was a one-sided threat, and he... but was he a one-sided threat because the defensive coordinator against him was taking away one facet and allowing him to do the other? Once yeah. they stopped, you know what I mean? Like there is a, there is an element of that. Like maybe there could have been called a very different defensive game that would have contained him to only thirty yards rushing, but would he have then maybe two hundred yards to the air? It's tough to tell. <laughs> it's tough to tell. I mean, it just was generally kind of a, a messy game. It wasn't the most exciting. And, I mean, most, you know, general NFL fans were probably tuned into one of the three over games that went to overtime at 1 o'clock. So exactly. it was definitely not the most exciting one of that slot. But I think this next week's game will be up there in terms of um, kind of marquee matchups. I was taking a look at yeah. yeah. The Bengals back-to-back weeks somehow get 1 o'clock prime time, like the 1 o'clock marquee matchups. Yeah. I would say there's no other game that really stands out to me top of my head. Yeah, well, the Bengals are bringing in a lot of that excitement, right? Like Seattle, it's not always Seattle plays at 1 o'clock. It's a marquee matchup, but the Bengals are undefeated, and they've been quiet, and I don't think they're going to be quiet any longer because of that big win. So Yeah, it's also there's multiple undefeated teams. Carolina, Atlanta, Green Bay, then the then the Bengals, then the uh, but, Patriots. But if you think of Carolina. And the Broncos. There's it, like, but if you think of Carolina, you think of uh, even the Broncos in a sense. Some of these teams haven't beaten the caliber of teams like Atlanta has. They swept the NFC East and they beat Houston. They swept, a, you know what I mean? Like they haven't beat a team that currently sits better than three and two. Yeah. I mean the Bengals have, if I'm not mistaken, 
they beat um but the Seahawks are two and three but yeah the exactly the Seahawks are the Ravens when people thought the Ravens were good but like the, the Bengals haven't really played anyone either <laughs> that's fair I mean it, it's interesting to see like, I'm saying that's why the Bengals are they're not they're not they're quiet because there's so many undefeated teams still we're still all talking about Carolina like that's what all the analysts are talking about no but like no, but the Broncos and the Patriots and the Packers like there's like so many undefeated teams out there Oh, you're right. Since he since he hasn't had the toughest schedule yet. I mean, they beat San Diego. Hmm. No one really knows what, what San Diego is. I think the Bills have had a tougher schedule at this point. They've had yes. run into the oh, Pats. Yeah, they played the Pats. The Pats are better than like half the teams. I think it's a big combined. Yeah, and I mean, I think I, I just going back to the bye. Like looking ahead at our schedule, I think the the following week. Um, we have the Jacksonville. We're going to London. We're going to London. So then the we get a bye. So London, bye. I wish the bye was a bit earlier just so that we can heal up. I mean, I think we got to assume we beat Jacksonville on a neutral stadium. Uh, so I wouldn't be shocked if this went a loss here and, one, we're, and we're going to our bye for, uh, well, that would be four and three at that point. Yeah. But the thing is, when we don't have a good offense, we let ourselves up to like a potential upset. Like where the Titans, where they play a good defensive game. So, like, it's kind of what Seattle's doing. Like no. Seattle, Seattle has made a plan where they think they can beat every team 18-14. Like that's what their game plan yeah. is. And when you do that, you are exposing yourselves to one or two freak plays that can turn the game around. It yeah. almost happened to them against the Lions. Happened um, against, against the Rams. But I don't think we are. Like we we put up so many points against the Just Patriots. The Patriots and the Colts. Oh, and the Dolphins. And so the, the Dolphins. First three weeks we were good, but then the next, the last. You're right. Three it's trending. We're trending down, especially offensively, trending down. Exactly. Because we've only put 14 points up this week, and we only put 13 or 10 against the, the Giants. Like 10. Yeah. So it's it's we're averaging 12 points in the last two weeks. I think the offense is hurt because of those injuries, and I wish I had more news about the injuries that we're we have right now. I all I know is that Lashawn McCoy. The the rumor is that he is going to sit out at least maybe a couple more weeks. Um, I have it here that Carlos Williams could miss week six, that he still is, you know, obviously um, suffering from concussion symptoms. It's hard to gauge that sort of stuff, but basically the rule of thumb is that they have to go through a couple of days symptom-free, and concussion symptoms are a bit all-encompassing, right? So, uh, I mean, I, I'm not happy with having Booby Dixon in or this Stan Heron, Stan Heron, yeah, going in. So we need those injuries back. Uh, but at the same time, it's one of those, if we can rest them and be fully healthy for London and then have, you know, an extra week, uh, for the buy to rest, I'd be pretty happy moving forward as well. I mean, like, yeah. Also, if they have the opportunity to play in London, they should. Well, I remember last year that they had the Romo thing in London. Like, oh, they should, they should just skip him. Like, instead of calling, he came yeah, back. I wrote an article on that. Huh? I wrote an article on covering the spread saying that they should rest Romo. And then he ended up throwing like four touchdowns. Yeah. So I looked wrong there, but you're not always right. So uh, I think that's it about the game. Um, we're excited and uh, arguably definitely the, a matchup to look at one o'clock for those more generic fans. I don't think generic fans would be listening to this podcast, though. <laughs> I, don't, I, I think very few Buffalo Bills fans listening. It'd be hard to imagine, like, you know, the the Wiley uh, Bengals fan. I know that. Yeah, it's hard to imagine the Wiley Bengals fans. Like, we're the Wiley, like. Ravens fan or yeah. Giants, Giants or Eagles fan, not, who has no team to watch for that day. Yeah. Because Monday game or any bye weeks. So we're going to take a quick break and be right back to send you guys off. Let's go, Buffalo. 
and we're back. Uh, so David reminded me of, on a short break, but you forgot to kind of predict the score. So, by the way, you said something on the podcast last time, and you went against it on your pick when I asked you again for the article. Yeah, I thought I thought the points I made about Tennessee coming off the bye. You slept home. on those. And uh, for those who didn't listen, David did decide that Buffalo was going to win when we recorded last week. But then when I asked him for his picks, he threw in the Buffalo game but did it the opposite. So it was recorded as Tennessee. I think you had a bad week in picks. I was yeah. taking a look. Not your best. Yes. So this week, who do you have? Uh, I'm going to take the Bengals to win. Score? Um, The Bengals will win 24-10 or something like that. Or something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put like, that. But, yeah. It's going to be like a two-score game, but it'll be like – total control to score game where you won't really ever feel like the Bills have a chance type thing. I think the offense is going to do better than you expect. So I think the Bengals will win, but I'm going to say it's like a I'm going to say it's a close game. I'm going to say 27-24. Um I I'm having high hopes, but great. I hope saying that they're still going to lose. Uh unfortunately, you know, you know, there's some pride on the line for these picks, so I got to put my heart aside and I think the Bengals will squeak this one out. And where you can read these picks each week is coveringthespread.ca. That was the first ever successful segue of Buffalo Bills banter. Write yeah. it down. That's that's a big deal for us. So, uh, All the Car- Bills winning on the picks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> expect, expect something completely different from what David just said. But uh, coveringthespread.ca is the website, the affiliate website of uh, Buffalo Bills banter. Uh, we cover lots of sports. It's been a little bit football-heavy, as I've been saying each week, just because kind of that time of year but with basketball picking up and hockey just starting uh we're definitely going to kind of move into a more all-encompassing direction you can follow us on twitter i man the uh covering the spread twitter page and that's at cts sports blog and david where can we find you on twitter at d train 90 spelled d-e-e train 90 and you can find us on stitcher itunes uh podcast addict or any other podcast app you use Please leave reviews, uh, feedback. It does help for visibility and obviously um, also for the betterment of the show. We like to hear it. So thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week to give you all your Bills news. We're out.